You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. NFL No Huddle airs live weekdays from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern on the NFL on TuneIn, your everything audio app. Hello and welcome into NFL No Huddle, the podcast. And thanks for listening. I'm Willie Colon and this is Justin Forsett. On today's podcast, we'll talk fantasy with Adam Rank and hear from Hall of Fame running back Terrell Davis. But we're going to open up today's podcast with Hall of Fame wide receiver Michael Irvin, who joined Nick Ferguson at the NFL Network's Hall of Fame Heroes event. I'm here with Hall of Fame wide receiver Michael Irvin of the Dallas Cowboys. So I want to start right there with the Cowboys. Now... No uh, Ezekiel Elliott for about six weeks. Uh, both he and Dak Prescott formed a dynamic rookie duo last yes. year. So what does this mean for Dak Prescott and his progress coming into this season, and will he suffer a sophomore slump because of it? Well, and, and, you know, it's a great question from this perspective. You know, we always talk about and that's what I loved about uh, drafting Dak, Zeke, Jalen Smith, who, who's coming on the football field for the Dallas Cowboys, all in that one year. And every time I see them, all of those guys together, they are—they have—they all have a bond, mm-hmm. a tight bond. They are each other's keeper. They are the brother's keeper. I'm my brother's keeper. And, and, and I was talking to Dak about this. I was talking to Coach Dooley about the same thing. What are we going to do while Zeke is not out, while Zeke is not out on the football field? And they are going to open up the passing game a little bit more but they're not going to put a whole lot more pressure on Dak Prescott when they open it up. They got this little receiver, Ryan Switzer, in, little Switzer, bad little boy. They're going to put Cole Beasley and him in the slot. Sometimes they're going to put them both on the same side, and we're going to go to a quick passing game, a quick passing game to open up the running lanes Mm -hmm. for Darren McFadden and Alfred Morris until Zeke comes back. So now what we're going to do is use the uh, use the passing game to open up the run game, and then when Zeke come back, we'll use the run game to add to this new passing game. And they could, if, if it's done correctly and executed correctly, this thing can uh, execute all the way to the Super Bowl. Now there are some other talented teams within a division: the New York Giants, the Philadelphia Eagles, yes, and the Washington Redskins. Now, the Giants boast uh, a great defense, and we know what they Great did defensive line. A year and, ago and, and they give Dallas fits out. from that standpoint, exactly. right? Because it's strength on strength when Dallas and, and the Giants play. And they'll open the season with that strength on strength. I was telling someone, so man, Dallas couldn't beat New York last year with Zeke. Right. So may, maybe, maybe this may be a blessing to these guys, because maybe it, it takes the focus off of the run game and put it on the pass game. And, and, and a quick passing game. You don't want to be holding the ball with that defensive line that the Giants have. So so we, they're going to force Dallas to do something different than they did last year when they beat Dallas. And I, and I think I, I think that's a good thing for Dallas from that standpoint. Now, Monday night football, we saw the Cleveland Browns face off against the New York Giants. And everyone was talking about the hit on Odell Beckham Jr. As a wide receiver, a guy that played the game at a high level for so many years, when you see that hit, do you think it's a malicious hit, but or is that where we are right now with the NFL changing the rules and the contact surface? Uh, you know, first of all, when, when I when I when I do a comparative analysis to the days when I played, I just tell you, I I think nothing of the hit mm-hmm. because it was you know it was on the light side compared to what we had to take, right. you know, now that they made all the rule changes, you know, you, you can hit high. And, and I know everybody's saying, well, it's preseason, it's preseason. 
yeah, it's preseason for all of you guys and guys like me that we knew we were okay. We just want to get through preseason. But there are a lot of guys that are not trying to get through preseason. They're trying to get to and on a football team. And since that, that bunch is a mix and match bunch, you can't start telling people that they got to curb the way they play in the preseason to protect people when they're trying to protect their opportunity to have a career. You know what I mean? And, and I, the only way you could do that is if I tell every team, I'm only playing starters. You only play starters. Now let's make sure we protect each other. All of the guys on the field right now, you know you're going to make the team. Right. So you can play this preseason game and not take those dirty shots at each other. But as long as there's one guy on that defense, one guy on that offense that's trying to make a team, I can't make that kind of pack with you. Because <laughs> his responsibility is to try to get a job to feed his family. Absolutely. And he has to tackle that. And it wasn't illegal. He didn't do anything illegal. He just brought him down. You know, you would I would love to see him protect him. But he's trying to protect his opportunity to have a career. And, and I understand that from the defensive back standpoint. You don't want to see it happen, you know. But, but it, he didn't do anything dirty. Right. And as long as we have that mixed batch of men on the field, you're going to have those issues. Now, you played, once again, in the NFL for so many years, and you played at elite level. So give me your list, if you could, of some of the top wide receivers by, by your caliber, your standard, in today's game. Well, it, 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 we, got, we got a few wide receivers I, that I love playing. I, you know, I, I, when I start talking about distance travel, um, when I look at size of a guy, I put Antonio Brown out there right now. Yeah. Antonio Brown, not, not a high draft pick, not that big, and look at what he's come in the league to If you ask me the number one guy in the league that I would take, I'm going to look at Julio Jones. He's the most physically gifted, maybe receiver ever built. Ever. Maybe ever built, most physically gifted receiver ever in the history of our game, it, it, this, he, he can easily be that. So, you know, you look at guys like that. I look at Tonyo Brown, you, you look at Julio Jones, you look at o Odell Beckham, uh, Jarvis Landry, another great receiver. People don't give Jarvis Landry credit. No, he doesn't get his just due. He doesn't get his just due, man. I mean, Jarvis is as good as Odell Beckham. It's Jarvis just in Miami and Odell's in New York. Right. And both of them are spectacular. But it, but 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 I, I love all those boys. Of course, I love my guy Dez Bryant. Of course. And what he can do. That's why he has the 88 on his back. So, you know, <laughs> I, I, I will put him out there as one of the top guys. But if you ask me the one guy, I, I would go Julio Jones. Well, well, Michael, it's been great. Thank you for giving me some of your time. Uh, enjoy watching you play as a Miami Hurricane. So, this is, without a doubt, a pleasure for me. So, appreciate it. Appreciate you, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast, and we'll be right back with more after this. Between game-winning drives and walk-off home runs, follow TuneIn Sports on social media and get the latest scoop on our great sports shows. From MLB at the plate to NFL No Huddle, be the first to know about upcoming interviews with some of the biggest stars in sports. Or check out behind-the-scenes coverage that you can't get anywhere else. Like us at TuneIn Sports on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and keep up on all the latest news and happenings from around the world of sports. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Catch the show live weekdays from 4 to 7 Eastern time.
Back here on NFL No Huddle, the podcast, I'm Willie Colon, and now we'll chat with Terrell Davis, who spoke to Nick Ferguson at the NFL Network Hall of Fame Heroes event. So I'm here with Denver Bronco and San Diego native, Hall of Fame running back, um, Terrell Davis. So, uh, Terrell, I would ask you a question about someone we know very well, uh, Byron Chamberlain. Yeah, B.C. Yes, yes. B. Chamberlain. Now, every time I see uh, a Byron, he, he always has these great things uh, to say about himself. Right. Yeah, right. That sounds about right. Yeah, that sounds about yeah, right. Yeah, you're but, not you're not you're not too far <laughs> off when you say that. <laughs> but the interview is not about uh, BC. But let's go back out west uh, to the Denver Broncos. Yeah. So in 2012, uh, John Elway, a guy who you played with, he drafts Mark Osweiler. Yes. 2016, he drafts. Paxton Lynch. Mm-hmm. And right now, it doesn't seem as though either of those guys are panning out. We know what Oswald yeah. history is right now with, with the Cleveland Browns being shot yeah. yet again. But but does this say anything about, you know, when you when an individual becomes a GM, being able to evaluate their own position? Is, is it difficult to it, do that? It, it, <laughs> because of the expectations. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, but it's, it's at the end of the day, you're going to base a lot of how you draft a person off, you know, physical tools, right? Can he throw? What's the arm strength? How tall is he? All the measurables. The one thing that you can never – and then you watch tape and you say, okay, he played on this level. You try to do some comparison about what it feels like to play on the National Football League on that level. So you say, okay, maybe he played at a small school, but he did something that's similar on this level. You got you gather all that information. You talk to people around him. How is he as a as a as a person? How is he as a leader? How is he as that? So you gather that information, and then you have to project a little bit. You got to take a chance and say, well, I think that if he plays on this level, he has all the tools that I'm looking for right. in the quarterback. But the one thing we can never check for is the brain and the heart. Right. Now you can do all the tests you want to and all the the workouts, but the workouts are scripted. You know that. Absolutely. Now, when you say getting there and it's live, and I have a defense that's doing a million different things, and my brain can't process it, I don't know if that's. I mean, listen, he wouldn't be. The, he's not the only GM. All GMs have failed right. in terms of trying to select talent. That's what's so interesting about the draft. Because if they were correct, there'd be a lot of guys who were drafted in the first round that wouldn't be drafted. A lot of guys drafted in the third, fourth, mm-hmm. fifth, sixth round would be drafted in the first round. Right. It's always, at the end of the day, it's kind of kind of a crapshoot. Right. So so this year in the Hall of Fame class, it's yourself and LaDainian Thomason. Yeah. And often in the league, we hear that it is a passing league. Yeah. And the running back position has been drastically devalued. With you two guys going in in this class, you think that's going to change the perception of how yeah. the running back position is viewed in the league, or it's just going to be business as usual. I don't think it changes how it's viewed because, listen, I played 16 years ago. <laughs> so it wasn't like I played five years ago. LT played five years ago, but LT was like the back end of sort of that running back, that era, mm-hmm. where you draft a running back high in the first round or you get that, that bell cow. Mm. The game has changed on so many levels. A lot of it, too, is the quarterbacks that are coming in. Um, you know, it's, it's more efficient to throw the ball. You can't practice the run game as much as you used to without pads, or excuse me, with pads. And, you know, the run game is about angles and leverage and, and winning at the point of attack. 
you can sit there and walk through a run game all you want to. Right. You can do all the walkthroughs and shells. Yep, I would have blocked you like that. But the minute you put the pads on, it's a different story. So when the collective bargaining agreement came out and it's changed how many days you can practice with pads and how many times coaches can get with you during the offseason, it affects, uh, it affects a lot of trying to diagram and, and put together a run game. We used to practice a run a lot, and we would hit a lot. They don't do that anymore. And so what's more efficient? If I got a week to practice and I got to do install, I'm going to install my pass game. I, I can go, my quarterback and my receivers can go home they can practice the passing game all day long. So when they go to camp, they're so far ahead at the pass game, the run game is so far behind. So when you look at some of the young running backs, Dalvin Cook, yeah. Leonard Fournette, uh, yeah. Christian McCaffrey, you know, which one of those backs at the end of the 2017 campaign could we say will be a heavy favorite for maybe rookie of the year? Wow, you got some good ones. Cook's, Cook is a good one up in Minnesota. Of course, McCaffrey might be—he might be the favorite because of all the stuff that he can, that he can do. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people think Carolina bounces back this year, so that'll keep him on the map. Uh, Alvin Kamara, man, from New Orleans. Yeah. That 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 cat is pretty good. Marlon Brown with Indy. You got some good rookies coming in who look like they're going to be the real deal. I like a guy named Samarja Ryan from Washington. Yeah. You know. I know uh, Fat Rob is there, but this dude is a he's a brick house. So I watch these guys, and I like some of the skill sets that I see. And the, and the great thing about all these backs are built differently, and they bring something different to the table. Mm -hmm. uh, Denver's got a guy, D'Angelo Henderson, yeah. Coastal Carolina, man. Oh, he can go. Not only go, the man's got nice hands. Yes. So I'm excited about this new crop of running backs, to be honest with you. Well, I mean, it's going to be an exciting 2017. Uh, thank you for giving me some of your time. Yeah, anytime. Hall of Fame running anytime. back. To Davis. All right, brother. I appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. We'll be right back after this. Stay up to date on the latest news as it happens on TuneIn. From American politics to global events, get live 24-7 coverage with some of the top news media outlets in the world. Including CNN, MSNBC, and Fox News Radio. And when breaking news hits, TuneIn keeps you updated with up-to-the-minute reports and analysis on the biggest stories of the day. Thank you for joining us with this breaking news report. Really appreciate day it. Day or night, get live news coverage from around the world on TuneIn. There's hits, and then there's all-time rock classics from the 60s and 70s. With classic rock hits on TuneIn, relive the very best sounds that defined an entire generation. If I ever get out of here, give it all Listen to the greatest rock songs in history with classic rock hits on TuneIn. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Catch the show live weekdays from 4 to 7 Eastern time. Welcome back to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. I'm Willie Colon, and right now, Justin Forsett and I are going to chat fantasy football with Adam Rank from the NFL Network. Adam Rank with the NFL Network, the fantasy expert. Adam, what's going on? What's happening, gentlemen? Such an honor to be on with you. Can I, can I tell a quick Justin story, though? Yeah, please. <laughs> you mind? Yeah, know, this is a good one, and this has nothing to do with fantasy football. But a couple okay. of years ago, um, we were filming some sketches over here. And I don't even know if Justin remembers it, but we would do these weird, like SNL like sketches, and you had to come in and do just it was just a it was called the NFL Random, and mm -hmm. it was a thing. 
Justin, the only one who knew all of his lines forwarded, like most guys would come in and read off a sheet. Justin nailed it, and that was good. And uh, right off the top, and to that, and that point, and from that point on, I'm like, I will draft this guy in every fantasy league as long as he plays in the NFL. Adam, man, I, I, I got to throw this at you. Fantasy football is here. Uh, there's been a lot of big-time cuts, right? You get, I mean, we just talked about Chris Johnson getting cut and, and the guys so-and-so. We talked about the big trade uh, between the Jets and the Seattle. Sheldon Richardson is now going to the Seahawks. Jerome Curse is now a Jet. Uh, for the fantasy football nuts out there, what do we expect out of, you know, who's hot, who's not, so to speak? Yeah, we've seen some big names. We're still kind of waiting to see if some of the other guys will uh, will fall in the cracks if perhaps somebody like Max Forte stumbles out or whatever because I know his name was rumored. But we've seen a couple of guys whose value have risen over the last couple of weeks. One of the big ones to me was Kelvin Benjamin, who a lot of people were uh, upset with last year because they're in grades. Because he was, he was still good last year, but it wasn't as great as a lot of people had had expected. And I think that this preseason, he's really shown himself to be the guy bef- who he was before his injury. So we've seen his stock kind of rise. Uh, I think there's a lot of excitement building in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan's offense and kind of seeing Carlos Hyde and even a, a rookie like Matt Breida get an opportunity too. So we're looking at guys like that, and, and there's, some, there's some real exciting rookies too. I was just thinking about all the – the great rookie running backs that are coming into the league right now, you have Dalvin Cook and Kareem Hunt. You know, they should have big roles in Christian McCaffrey and Fournette and then Alvin Kamara and New Orleans. So it's a pretty good, it's a pretty exciting time right now. Uh, Adam, I, we just, we were, me and uh, Justin was just in here talking about quarterbacks, right? And then we're talking about how I feel uh, this may be uh, the last year we see Alex Smith and how a potential sleeper can be Patrick Mahomes. What do you think about that? And who are some of the quarterback sleepers in this year's fantasy draft? Yeah, I like I like what we saw out of Patrick Mahomes uh, the other night, making some of those some throws that you don't really see a lot of quarterbacks being able to make. And I think that I did I, I did hear a little bit about what Justin was saying, and I think that would be the perfect situation because Alex Smith is still a credible NFL quarterback to me. So I would keep him, and I would I would be in concert with what Justin was saying of just letting him develop as a backup for at least a season going forward, and then you know in a couple of years he's going to be somebody very relevant in fantasy drafts. But for right now, um, one of the quarterbacks I'm looking at, and it's it gets a lot of eye rolls from some of the casual observers, but I really like what Sam Bradford was able to do last year with Minnesota. I mean, he came into a situation where. The offensive line was struggling. He was he was a late trade. You know, they, they sent him over when, when uh, Teddy Bridgewater got hurt. And he still had a pretty pretty good – he had a pretty good NFL season. He was also pretty good in fantasy. And I think now with the full offseason to work with that offense, um, they've got some, some sentiment there with the offensive coordinator position because, of course, North Turner resigned during the middle of last season. And now you got a couple of young uh, – nice young receivers with Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. So I think that he's somebody to keep an eye on, especially with fantasy football, where you can find value uh, value quarterbacks later on in your draft. You can see Adam on NFL Network's NFL Fantasy Live, which airs Monday through Friday at 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern. Justin, uh, who's your sleeper running backs? And maybe you have some questions uh, for, for your fantasy, fantasy team for Adam. I do. I do have a question. I got a I fell in love with this kid uh, in the draft. Uh, he's with Chicago. 
uh, Tariq Cohen. Are you familiar with him, uh, Adam? Oh, yeah, I love him. I'm a Bears fan, so that okay. you're speaking my language right <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah, I, what oh, did so, you, what, you break it down for me. What did you think of him? Because I think that, that Fox will find a way to get him onto the field for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I love his elusiveness and his versatility. Uh, I know that they have Howard back there in the backfield, uh, but I like what they could potentially do with him, getting touches and screens and maybe you line him up in some slot and uh, he's going to be hopefully the, you know, maybe a punt return, a kick return option. Uh, so he can get his hands on the ball in, in many different ways. And I, I think that he can be an, uh, an exciting player on that field. And, you know, I always root for the for, for the short guys. So uh, <laughs> I might be a little biased. Here you go with the short stuff. <laughs> we got to hold it down, man. Adam, going no, forward, I, talk. I, Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I just I I don't want to you know just tap onto that, but I agree. I, I think that um, the Bears, outside of Jordan Howard, they're looking for somebody to step up. And if it's a non-traditional player being able to play in different spots on the field, I think that we're we're going to start seeing a lot more of that too, where the the Panthers will find a way to put Christian McCaffrey and Jonathan Stewart mm-hmm. on the field at the same time. So I think it's pretty cool the way the NFL offenses are evolving. So it should be fun to see how Cohen continues to develop. Adam, I'm going to dig on you a little bit uh, for the running back position while we're here. I'm going to throw a couple names at you and just give me a brief insight uh, of where the arrow is with these guys. So I'm going to start off with uh, Lamar Miller in Houston. You know what? He's kind of somebody who gets overlooked in drafts. Uh, I think last year he was going in the second round and a lot of people were disappointed with that price, but he's now coming off in the fourth round of most standard NFL.com leagues. I think that's a pretty good prize for him. I think this Texans offense will be a little bit better. Um, I think not having Brock Osweiler there, I think, helps improve some of the guys around them. So I do, I do like Miller. Uh, I got another one for you for uh, the young gun uh, that just joined the Jacksonville Jaguars in uh, Leonard Fournette. Yeah, I really. I mean, we're all fans of him going back to LSU and watching him, you know, run roughshod over the SEC. Um, I think he's in a pretty good spot in Jacksonville. I, I think that they really want to run the football. One of the key things when you're playing fantasy is you want a guy who's going to get a lot of opportunities. I don't know that, that Yeldon and Ivory are going to be pushing him for touches. So he projects as a guy who's going to get, you know, a, a majority of the carries. And I think that the, uh, the Jags don't want, to, don't want to force the issue too much with Blake Bortles, which means a, a heavy dose of Fournette. And I'm interested to see how he's how – he's, uh, how he pans out. I think he's coming off the board right now in around the fourth round. So he's right there with Lamar Miller. And I would actually favor Fournette uh, if you had to choose between the two. Now there's uh, a Adam, new act- I, Go ahead, go ahead, uh, Justice Sark. Adam, I, I have an oldie but goodie for you. Who you Marshawn, got? Marshawn Lynch. What are we taking? Oh, so he, listen, I don't want to sit here and besmirch a cow guy. I can't do that <laughs> you in the room or anything like that. Um, I'm, I, I'm buying in. I really like Marshawn Lynch. I think if you look at the way the Raiders performed last season, Latavius Murray had 12 rushing touchdowns. I think that's a pretty fair estimate for Marshawn and perhaps doing a little bit more. I do know that the Raiders are going to struggle a little bit defensively, and that could mean a lot of shootouts, but it could also mean that they want to keep that offense on the field a little bit more, Mm -hmm. which could provide more opportunities for Marshawn Lynch and an opportunity to assault the way games and kind of, you know, shorten them up a little bit so the defense isn't as exposed. So I'm all in. I, I love, I, listen, I, just, I also like him as a player. So I know yeah. that, that some people like to, to take this 
like they're a surgeon, you know, approach fantasy like they're a surgeon. But I'm an emotional player. I'm an emotional person. Uh, when I see somebody out there I like and he's available for you in the fourth round, I'm like, I'm in. Give me yeah. Marshawn Lynch and let's roll. I got some insider information for you, man. I was with him last week, and, I mean, he looks lean and cut. I mean, you can tell in his face. Um, I haven't seen him look like this since uh, since Cal. Uh, so uh, I'm expecting big things. Adam, you talk about it. See, now you sold me even more. <laughs> so if it doesn't work out, I'm going to blame you, but it's okay. We'll still be friends, but it's okay. Adam, one from one more for you. You talk about a guy that maybe needs to invest in the Marshawn Lynch diet. Is that's Eddie Lacy uh, over <laughs> in C- in Seattle? Uh, what's the what's what's the talk about him? And should people invest in him? You know, it's a crowded backfield. I mean, not only do you have Eddie Lacy there, but you have Thomas Rawls, C.J. Procise, and then. During the preseason, the most impressive running back of that entire group was Chris Carson, the, un, the unheralded guy yes. out of Oklahoma State. And he looked like the best running back. And even right now, Pete Carroll did not give anybody the starting job. And the one thing that we know what Pete loves to do is, is preach competition. And he doesn't care, you know, where you're recruited, where you're drafted. He just wants the best performer to be on the field. So if it's going to be Chris Carson or somebody else, he's definitely going to go with him. So I think Eddie Lacy could be in a little bit of trouble. So I'm with you. Um, I'm staying away from him. I'm not even drafting him. Um, I would rather take a risk on on Carson having some of that upside as opposed to, uh, you know, taking a bigger risk with a bigger player. Adam, you uh, obviously there's been a lot of talk about Ezekiel Elliott and what he's going through right now. Uh, how will he impact the Dallas Cowboys if he's not there? And maybe give some insight when he is there week one uh, in, in case of the injunction goes through. Yeah, well, we saw it last year. The, the numbers when he was on the field and off the field, um, uh, pretty big, pretty big, uh, just pretty big difference. Uh, obviously, they want him on the field. But at the same time, you know, this Cowboys team has shown over the last couple of years that they, they – they, it's not that you can just put any running back behind them because I don't want to dismiss it, but you know, they've had three different running back running backs run for over a thousand yards behind that offensive line. So I think that they'll still be able to get some production, but you certainly want your A-lister out there. You want your star of the show to be there. And the one thing about Ezekiel Elliott that I don't think that we got to see a lot of last year was that he's a pretty good receiver. I I think that he's got good hands and that's another part of his, his repertoire, he was going to break out this season. Cause I mean, he's, he was a rookie, like as good as he was last year, sometimes it's hard to, to grasp, grasp the fact that he was a rookie. Who's, who's somebody who's still learning the game. Who's, who's getting better. So I think that once he's, once he's back and, and he's on the field, he's going to be one of the best running backs in the game by far. And, uh, and to be honest with you, I'm not shying away from him in fantasy drafts. I know, uh, the, the, before everything, before the suspension originally came down, he was considered a top three consensus pick with uh, Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson. I actually had him number one on my board uh, just because of the all-around talent that we were going to see this year. Uh, but now with everything that – and nobody knows for sure what's going to happen, but he's going to play at some point this season. So I think that if you can get him on your team, you should. It, it's definitely worth the risk. That is Adam Rank. You can see Adam on NFL Network's NFL Fantasy Live, which airs Monday through Friday at 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern. Thank you for coming on, Adam. Uh, We appreciate you. You just gave me some insight. I'm going to light up my draft board and kind of get this thing going. All right. Well, thank you so much. And I got to let you know the pleasure was all on this side of the phone. 
It was honored to it was an honor to be on with both you guys. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast, and we'll be right back with more after this. The eleventh hour with Brian Williams. Tomorrow's headlines before they go to print. I've just been handed some great reporting. Tomorrow's questions before anyone's asked them. Could you make an obstruction case? Tomorrow's conversation tonight. Who is there to stand up to the boss and speak truth to power? Not a single person. The 11th Hour with Brian Williams. More than the day that was, it's the day that will be. Weeknights at 11 Eastern on MSNBC. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Catch the show live weekdays from 4 to 7 Eastern time. Hi, I'm Willie Colon, and to close out the podcast today, Justin Forsett and myself discussed Hugh Jackson saying the Browns accomplished something by going 4-0 in the preseason. One of our goals was to play better in the preseason. You know, we didn't know what that was going to look like. Uh, I just know a year ago we were 0-4. So these guys came back with a different mentality. And obviously, you know, we added some new coaches and and it's led to this. You know, we've uh, went out in every game. We've done the best you can be, which is 4-0. But again, we all understand it's just the preseason. But you got to start someplace. And that's what I said to the team when we first started. And so they accomplished something that I heard hadn't been done in 31 years. Oh, Hugh, baby, Hugh, I love what you're talking. You're listening to the NFL No Huddle on the NFL on TuneIn. I'm Willa Cologne, 10-year vet, Super Bowl champs, and this is Justin Forsett, my co-host, nine-year veteran, played all over the place, Baltimore, Houston, little Bronco love. Is that correct, Justin? Am I getting it right? That's right. There you go. Uh, we got to talk Hugh Jackson. Uh, you just heard his words. You just heard what he said, uh, and I'm going to tell you why I like it. And I'm going to throw it out there. You can you can jump on if you will. Uh, he was a guy that got to uh, the Browns when the Browns were all over the place. It's been a troubled uh, franchise for a long time. However, uh, they just finished a preseason 4-0. And some people say, hey, why are you celebrating preseason wins? It's just the preseason. It doesn't mean anything. But when you're the Cleveland Browns, You've been kind of uh, the the not I want to go hard and say they're the scum of the NFL, <laughs> but uh, they they've lost a lot of football. Uh, Joe Hayden, their star cornerback, is now a Pittsburgh Steeler. Uh, the only guy, uh, the, the longest tenured guy, is Joe Thomas at left tackle. Hugh had to he had to you understand when Hugh got to Browns, they drafted a guy by the name of Johnny Manziel. Uh, so that wasn't a good outing for him. Uh, Hugh left the Cincinnati Bengals when he was offensive coordinator. Uh, he his his right to uh, I you know his right to passage. I don't know if that's the right word, but uh, his claim to fame is uh, when he was in Cincinnati. He he pretty much birthed the red rifle in Anthony Dalton and kind of made Andy Dalton uh, a premier quarterback. Uh, Justin, I'm gonna just jump into it. Uh, what? If you see everything that's going on with the Cleveland Browns, uh, they just drafted a quarterback in Deshaun Kaiser, who they named the starter. Uh, they have a defense that seems to be flying around playing good t- big time football. Uh, they have a pretty, you know, pretty solid offensive line for the mo- most part. Uh, I wouldn't rank them too high, but they're starting to get a bunch of young guys together, believing in football and believing in the goal at hand. Uh, what are you seeing out of the Cleveland Browns? Slow down. <laughs> Low down. Slow down, man. It's uh it's definitely preseason. I like what they're doing. I like what Hughes doing over there. Uh I wouldn't be I, I I'm I'm not saying that they're going to go to the playoffs, you know, right. uh, anything like that uh right now, but I like that he's shifting the culture. Uh guys are buying in and they're winning some games even though it's preseason, but 
Um, I think it's going to be another long uh, season for uh, Cleveland. Uh, they're now, in a tough, tough division. Now be, now be mindful. Uh, last year, this was a team, uh, even though they only won one game. Uh, when you talk <clears> about uh, everything they endured last year, this was a team that played their tails off. This was a young team. Uh, that Hugh uh, took on and, and, and invested in, and they invested in him. But when you when you look at last year's tape and you look at a lot of their games, they were in a lot of games so late in the quarter uh, when a lot of a lot of teams they played just had better talent, and they and teams they played against just had a better uh, insight or a way about finishing games. So Cleveland Browns struggle with finishing games, and I and and pretty much capitalizing on turnovers, but they were in a lot of games. They were competitive uh, going forward. I mean, they're in a division with the Pittsburgh Steelers who who are contenders to dethrone the Patriots and go on to the Super Bowl. You got the Baltimore Ravens, your Baltimore Ravens, who's always in the hunt. I, I don't care uh, how you feel about them. Uh, without Joe Black, uh, without Joe Flacco, uh, I don't see them uh, being very prominent. But when he's on the field, they always have a shot. You also got the Cincinnati Bengals uh, with the addition of Joe Mixon out of the draft. You got Andy Dalton. You got A.J. Green. Well, all that said, do you see the Cleveland Browns kind of climbing up there in the division and earning their respect this year? Um, I don't see it. Not this year. I see they're heading in that direction, direction maybe, uh, maybe next season. So I'll put it to you like this. How many wins do you give the Cleveland Browns this year? Mm. I'll, I'll give them the one. I'll, I'll give them four. You give them four wins. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Just because you don't believe in Deshaun Kaiser, you just don't believe in yeah. the system that Hugh Jackson has going down down there. They, they, they have they have Miles Garrett on the outside, who's supposed to be a a big time pass rushing threat for them. Yeah, man. I mean, you got a rookie quarterback that's going to be going out there and throwing the fire. He's going to be learning on the fly. Uh, and then if you have that, if you have a rookie quarterback, you want a strong, stout defense. Uh, which I don't believe they have, uh, so it's going it's going to be tough to stop people, and so he's going to go out to go out there and score a lot of points with uh, limited weapons on, on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I I just think it's I just just think it's uh, it's going to be tough sledding this year. But now, they're, have you ever been a part of a team uh, going into a season where? It seems like the whole world's counting you out. Nobody's paying attention to you, but somehow uh, you 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 kind of knock on a couple people's door and, and blow them away. Yes, I've been counted out many times, and uh, uh, well, I'm talking about the team. Have you yeah, been on yeah. a team that's been counted out? Yeah, definitely. Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, that's they're they're down there. You know, basically uh, like the Cleveland Browns. Uh, haven't had too much success in a long time. So, uh, I, I mean, we didn't knock down any doors. Uh-huh, but we, um, you know, we, we kind of, we, we had, a, I think when I was there, we won four games. Uh, we had some talent, had some young guys trying to find our quarterback, you know, had uh, Blake Bortles down there, you know. So it's kind of the same situation, man, when you you have to have a quarterback, uh, you know, not say uh, Deshaun is not that guy, but, uh, um, you know, Kaiser's not that guy, but I just don't see him coming in right now with that, with his, with his weapons that he has and uh, just going over and just dominating. And, you know, we've we seen them win, uh, you know, having 10 wins this season. Now I'm from the school. Uh, when you talk about the Cleveland Browns as a whole, uh, this is a team who historically has been bad. They struggle, uh, <laughs> but they, there's always kind of that gleaming hope, just like the Chicago Cubs had when they, uh, before they won their world series at one point, they will get to the top. Uh, if you look at the Browns from a whole, 
and you pay attention to them, uh, is there is there one thing you can say, man, this is why? Uh, and I'm not even talking about the quarterback. Cause I, listen, I think Deshaun Kaiser is going to be a good quarterback. The fact that he does have Hugh Jackson, somebody that he can lean on and learn. Uh, when Kaiser came out of Notre Dame, they talked about how, how well he could throw the ball, how smart he is, how composed, that he's a guy that is really somebody you could build on because of his work ethic. Uh, when you talk to a lot of people in the outside world who know the Cleveland Browns and what they have going on, this is a team that grinds and works hard. Uh, I was sad to see that they let go of Terrell Pryor because I felt like he could have been an addition that they could have built on. Uh, mm-hmm. Along with a, a lot of other uh, receivers, a part of that team. Uh, but Cleveland, but the Cleveland Browns. Uh, when you went, when you played against the Cleveland Browns, what was that one stigmatism uh, that you always pointed out? The reason why you knew that you were going to beat them. Oh man, on, on on defense, it was just it seemed like they were always they were always young, and um, you know, uh, and inexperienced on that side of the ball. You know, they had a lot of young guys always playing. You had some uh, staples uh, like Hayden um, and then uh, Whitner uh, for for a minute, but they were just always trying to figure it out. You know, just not not a lot of veteran uh, leadership uh, along the way. Uh, so, you know, they, they feel like every year they're rebuilding. <laughs> right. I, I look at this Browns team and I and I'm and I've watched them during the, the preseason and they seem to have a different type of feel to them. Uh, they don't seem like the Cleveland Brown and obviously it's the post it's the preseason. You can't really invest in it. You can't really say hey, but winning is winning. Uh, you know, do you want to sit back and say uh, should they be happy that they went four on four and on the preseason? And I'm gonna tell you, if you're a Browns fan, you should be happy. Yeah. You should be happy that your team has is winning something. Uh, and 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 then when it comes to football, you know the best team in, in Ohio happens to be the Ohio State Buckeyes and not the Browns. So the fact that you got the Browns winning and winning good at something. Uh, in the preseason, it, it's something to hang your hat on. Now, am I going to sit here and say the Browns are going to go uh, eight and eight, or they're going to go to the playoffs? No, I don't see that happening. I think they, there's more pieces they got to add. Um, but this is a team that's competing and playing at a high level. Thank you for listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast on iTunes with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Listen live weekdays from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern by downloading the TuneIn app and searching NFL No Huddle. The National Football League is on. Tune in your everything audio app.